like the connection fault. All right, I'll go ahead and start. So we're back with So You Think You Know Sports. We give you weekly updates on things you want to know, like off-the-court stories, game highlights, and all of our current sports knowledge, mostly highlighting NBA, NFL, and this time UFC. In today's episode, we will be discussing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' success, the Patriots and Cam Newton, Cardinals versus Seahawks, Antonio Brown, uh, the Khabib fight, the Dallas Cowboys' struggles, Odell Beckham Jr.'s future, um, some of the NBA signings, um, along with the restart of the NBA season, and a little bit about the Dodgers. But before we get into it, let's introduce ourselves. My name is Muhammad, and I'll let my partner introduce himself. Of course, it's me. It's Alex. It is time for the news, sports news, and there's plenty of it. Uh, we're definitely going to get into the, the it's so much. <laughs> well, I'll just say that. A lot. A whole bunch. But the first subject that we will discuss today is a, is the Seahawks versus the Cardinals. So the Cardinals defeated the Seahawks in an OT thriller with a game-winning field goal. Kyler Murray led the charge with 360 passing yards and three passing touchdowns and one interception while also adding on 67 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown while Russell Wilson finished with 388 passing yards, three touchdowns, and also three interceptions, and led his team in rushing with 84 yards. So with this loss, are the Seahawks in trouble? I, I don't really think they're in trouble. Like, of course, everybody's really close in this uh, division. It's, it's a very, very hard division. But... <sighs> If I had to put it on a scale of 0 to 10, I'm going to put it at a 7.5. There is something to worry about. Actually, it's, it's actually a whole lot to worry about. That's why I even put it at a 7.5. I do think they are probably the better team in the division. But from what I'm reviewing over the last couple of weeks, DeAndre Hopkins might make the difference on making maybe the Cardinals the best team of this division. Uh, but I, I would still say confidently that the Seahawks, well, I don't know. I really don't know. They just beat them. So I can't really say that either. Yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, they should feel like they're in trouble, but not a high level of trouble. Um, but they definitely have the hardest division in the uh, NFL because, I mean, ev almost every team has five wins and the only team without that has four, which is the 49ers. And that's the, the Seahawks next opponent. And, you just never know how this thing is going to play out. And the Cardinals were actually my pick to win the division as a surprise. And it looks like they are doing pretty well. So um, I'm kind of happy. I do like Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, but their defense just has to do better. And uh, Russell Wilson, I didn't expect him to throw three interceptions, but um, they still can do pretty well. It's going to be a drag out for, fight for this division. Just uh, all the way through. And I think it may beat up whatever team that does make it out. Because it may be, I'm pretty sure it's going to be at least two teams that make it out of the division into the playoffs. But I think it's going to beat up on the entire division, which is not going to result with anyone from this division winning a Super Bowl this year. I just don't see it coming from this division, even though it is the best division in football. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a big possibility that they'll just beat up on each other and they'll be too weak to go up against any team. But I think it's really the team that's the healthiest without any cases. That team will get the furthest. (laughs) That's really what it comes down to. Um, But I'm moving along to the next question. So is Russell Wilson still leading the MVP race? No, I'm sorry, but no. I think in people's minds, it has like a LeBron effect right now. Russell Wilson does where in in a way people are trying to give him his dues. They're, they're of course they're quicker about it to give it to Russell Wilson. He's even more nice, likable guy. I don't, of course, like I, th- I don't think LeBron's not a likable guy, but we know his relationship with certain demographics of of fans or people who spectate. Uh, but with that in mind, I would say that he has a whole lot more likability, which makes these the people who are going to be voting on this want to give him a, a MVP. So if he's in the race for M- winning MVP at the end then he will win MVP this year, unless there is an undecided uh, winner. Of course, like how we had last year with Russell Wilson. Sorry, not Russell, but uh, Lamar Jackson. Well, yeah, he was uh, unanimous, Lamar Jackson. But you used the analogy with LeBron James and Russell Wilson, but I, I kind of think of it on the other side with, you know, Tom Brady and LeBron um, kind of saying like uh, – his, his year last year wasn't the best. Um, people think he was very washed up. And I think this is like LeBron, you know, the wash king, Tom Brady being that wash king. And now he's showing up and um, playing very well with his new team. And he he is more like the LeBron factor or LeBron oh, in this oh, place. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. I, I definitely agree to uh, completely wholehearted. That's the, he is one of... Just even just both of them, they are one of few in elite status of phenom. And I, I can't put Russell Wilson in phenom uh, territory. I can put him in elite territory, but I can't put him in phenom territory because even though Tom Brady's not the most athletic, as we all know, he, his mind and what he has done with what he has had has made him the goat for the situation i I just you can't after a certain amount of consistency there's no way to doubt these things i you know me i'm an extreme patriot hater but i I can't hate on his success and i agree yes i the similarities between lebron's stage in his career and tom brady is very uh, uh very similar in eliteness due to tom brady's consistency and getting championships and things like that and LeBron's for a whole nother reason of his type of consistency and dominance yeah um, I don't think I answered the question but I go with yes Russell Wilson is still leading the MVP race um, but he there are other quarterbacks that are closing in on him um, you know Aaron Rodgers uh, possibly Tom Brady he still has to keep up this role that he's on um, and I can't think of anybody else, but yeah, those two quarterbacks are really creeping up on them. But I say if the Seahawks have the number one seed and he's still putting up great stats, then I think he will win it. Uh, you talking about Tom Brady, right? No, 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 Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, okay. I 
This is one of them toss-up years. I, this might be a Brady year. This might be a Brady year. It's, it's set up to be because he has a wealth of riches around him, as we will get into even more uh, wealth of riches. Uh, and if he does it at this age, I think people are going to give the MVP to him because if they end up with even a similar uh, record, one game difference or anything of the, of the sort, I think they give it to Tom Brady, but it's such, it's, it is a big list of MVPs in this list right now because you can't well, weigh out Lamar Jackson. Of course, you're not going to uh, take out Patrick Mahomes. And there's a whole lot, lot of other uh, top picks for MVP right now. So I wouldn't say the, the race is sold up. No, 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 no. I mean, we still got plenty of season left to go. Um, so anything can happen. I mean, just look at the first week with Tom Brady. Nobody was even thinking of him on the radar for MVP. Um, so we'll see by the end of the season. So he's still going to have to put up some pretty good stats just to be close to it. Um, but how far can the Cardinals go this season? Cardinals. Hmm. I actually don't see a mu- as much of a ceiling as I thought of a ceiling preseason. I think they might have the element to get a Super Bowl. Oh. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying they are going to. I'm just saying that they don't particularly don't have. I wouldn't say they don't have the things that could win a Super Bowl. Even that having that number one receiver is a big thing. And trust me, I, I'm pretty sure uh, Larry Fitzgerald would love to get a Super Bowl and get a second shot at this. So. I'm not saying he's the overwhelming factor in any way. I, of course, it's Colin Murray, but I don't see that they don't have what it takes. Okay. Um, I'm going to say they make it to the second round and that's it. Um, I think this team is probably a year away from actually reaching their potential, which is that Super Bowl. Um, they're a pretty young team. They have a great number one receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. And Colin Murray, he's still learning on the fly. And uh, they also have a second-year coach. So um, I don't think they have everything to get to a Super Bowl this year, but they can definitely upset some people. Agree. I, I, I can agree. Like, they, they already are going to be the wild card. It was already difficult preseason to see who was really going to make it out. You know, the Rams was recently there. They're actually good this year where – we thought there was going to be a step back. You have uh, the Cardinals, of course, stepping up into real contention for the division. You have the Seahawks, who are struggling defensively, and Russell Wilson having to make magic out of more magic uh, with not many tools. And, of course, we saw he he already lost the race on getting Antonio Brown when it was in his hands all the time. It wasn't really his hands, but the Seahawks' hands, as we will fully, of course, discuss. But I... And what's the other team? Uh, the Rams, the 49ers. 49ers. And then you have the 49ers who just made the Super Bowl. So, And they do have a very good defense, so you can't fully count them out. So I, I don't think this, this is their year at all, but I'm not counting them out in games. So, yeah, this is very difficult. The vision and the ceiling on the Cardinals, I'm not sure whether we're still on that, that question, but I, I do think that they they could possibly put up a series of wins at, at the right time to get there. Uh, but you're right, COVID will also take a effect uh, when it comes to this also. 
Yeah, definitely. For I think any team, if you haven't been affected, your time is coming. Um, but we'll move it along to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their success so far. So the Buccaneers are currently five and two and are in first place in the NFC South. The Buccaneers defeated the Las Vegas Raiders 45 to 20 with Tom Brady throwing for 360, 369 yards, four touchdowns while also running one in. Tampa Bay Buccaneers also made headlines for signing Antonio Brown to a one-year deal. So with their success so far, uh, let me re-say that. So with their success so far, do you think the Buccaneers should be the favorite in the NFC? Um, let me review because Baltimore's in the AFC. Um, and Chiefs are in the AFC. I had to think about it. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not, they're not clear. It's not a clear. If if yes, if if there's a yes, it's complicated. I, I really have to. I can kind of explain this because I do think it's an over uh, wealth of uh, of riches with the Buccaneers right now, and they should be the prohibited favorite for Super Bowl just due to all the weapons and what they seem like they're putting together. But at the same time, I don't see see them as a clear favorite to win the NFC either. That's very complicated, I know. Yeah, I'm going to say, I mean, there is no absolute clear favorite because the Buccaneers, they're still learning, especially Tom Brady with this new system. But I'm going to say, yes, they are the favorite. They seem like they are really uh, doing very well. Um, they're really catching fire and the defense is playing like they have no worries just going after the opposing team's offense like they can just <laughs> blitz all the time. So um, I'm going to say, yes, they are the favorites right now, but I, I guess the Seahawks would be their biggest challenger. They did play the Packers and they blew them out. So, um, well, they still have to go back and beat the Saints. So we'll see how they match up again this time around. So, um, yeah, they have some competition, but I think they are the favorites right now. Yeah, I, I can give you favorites right now on that one. Okay, so or hate the signing of Antonio Brown. Can you give a, a hands up to the side Head to the side emoji to the side because no, love or hate. Yeah, I, I love or hate. Good gosh, uh, I I don't think I hate it, and I don't think I love it either. Um, dang, wow, you just make me uh have to buy all in or not take it at all. Um, it's a yes or no answer. <laughs> it's not quite a yes, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I love. I, I would say I love it for their their uh, actual overwhelming effect because this man is a great talent and we already know this man has still been in his prime for the last two years and he really has really not gotten to play at all so and but every time he does this man shows out he really might still be the best nfl receiver in the league and he's taking off years and i think he's amazingly like with the situation with oakland he messed up a series of 
publicity, good publicity, and money that he could have had. Because, of course, he already missed out on all that money they were going to give him. Plus, the, the situation where he's, uh, he's not actually in playing in the season. He only played one game last year with the Patriots. And the reason why he's there now is because of Tom Brady. So I wouldn't, I have to say I love it more than hating it because I do think he should get another chance. He, he's an amazing talent. David allowed more. Um, and yeah, that I, I, I can't hate it. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, Antonio Brown should get another chance, but not with this team. So I, I hate this signing. Um, I think it's just a ticking time bomb waiting to happen. Um, now, he has been quiet pretty recently. Um, I, I guess he really wants to get back into the league, so he's behaving for right now. But it, just from what we've seen over the past year or so, Antonio Brown, he's just waiting. Something just going to pop off. And I'm just waiting for it to happen. Even with Tom Brady, whenever uh, he was with the Patriots, he still responded to, I think, his baby mother or somebody that accused him of something. And he did not think about where he was. And it looks like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're a little bit more loose with what, what they say in public. So unless Tom Brady just has a handle on him, I don't see how this is going to work for this year. I think it's going to work. I think this is about to be the 90s, mid-90s Cowboys out here. Uh, that's what I think they about to be. Uh, not in, not just strength, strictly off of talent, but, you know, fun and freedom uh, type of uh, if, and if, I, if you don't know the type of freedom uh, the Cowboys in the 90s was having when they were winning Super Bowls, they were out on boats taking coke. For real, for real, for real. So, <laughs> so this is a known and documented thing. Uh, but I wouldn't say they're out there doing coke, but I, I'm, I, we're not, I'm not going into that field of knowing what they do outside of this, but I'm pretty sure there's a bigger, uh, a longer lease, forgive my, uh, my phrasing, when it comes to their players there. That's big reason why Tom Brady came there. So as long as it stays within a certain range, I think they will allow it when it comes to Antonio Brown. But we all have been proven wrong here in the past, thinking this man wouldn't do more as he will. He will show you that he'll wild out at any moment. So I do understand the hesitation. I thought this man could understand at some point, oh, yeah, you don't do this because you there's no way you want to mess up this. And he still does it. So it may be his God complex. But that I guess that's attached to the fact that he is in probably knows he is the best receiver in the NFL. Yeah, and maybe missed a whole lot of money, ran out of money. So that's why he's trying to get back in the NFL. But I think this is, I don't like the move. Um, I'm just waiting to see him on the field and see how this plays out. I don't think it, it's a loss in any way. You you cut him. Like, we've already seen the theme. Just Cut him. Get, just gets rid of him at, before it, it becomes a problem. All you got to be is a problem for one game, and you're gone. And that's it. And, of course, they're going to want to catch that before the playoffs, but at that point, they're going to be like, hey, he's been working out all right uh, as long as we didn't lose, and which then throws you into the offseason, which is reviewing his contract. Anyway, season's over. It works out for him. It sounds simple enough, but things are never just so simple. But I'll ask the question. 
it'll, it'll be simple when they get that Super Bowl. And out of nowhere, this man, Antonio Brown, has a Super Bowl along with Tom Brady hitting seven. It, it will be, it'll, it'll be feel vindicated then. And I'm pretty sure that's when Antonio Brown will absolutely wild out. <laughs> I guess he deserved it at that point. But why did the Buccaneers sign Antonio Brown? Oh, embarrassment of riches. And also to uh, to win the race of who to who's going to get him. You see the Seahawks was out here publicizing and uh, uh, Russell Wilson has been campaigning hard, ever so hard for such a low character person, because this man is a high character person. We all know this. And the difference in character is extremely an ocean. Uh, between Europe and America, between Antonio Brown and Russell Wilson, at least from what we know. But I would say it's, it was a race to get him. And, of course, uh, Tom Brady wants Antonio Brown. I think he is overly comfortable with this man. I think there's a whole nother life-type connection with these two. I don't know. We don't particularly know why, but I think that there's a connection to the point that they really want to hang out with each other. For real, for real. As you saw, he was staying at Tom Brady's house, at his house, after allegedly doing bad things and wilding out, was living at his house with his kids and his wife. And they still, to this point, is getting him another job where probably we probably will end with the Super Bowl. It's very highly likely. Um, I'm going to say that they signed him for depth reasons, because if you look at the past few seasons, um, Mike Evans, he has not finished the season healthy or he, like, he, he won't play like the last couple of games along with Chris Godwin. I mean, he just arrived on the scene, but he did not finish last season. And now he's going to be out for their next game due to having surgery on his finger. And he's already missed some games earlier this season. So I think they signed Antonio Brown for depth. But um, I say, man, this is just a hard one. I mean, I initially before Antonio Brown just went off, went off the rails, I did like him, but he's just too unpredictable. And I'm not sure what type of thing they have together, Tom Brady and Antonio Brown, to have this guy stay at your house with your wife and kids. I, I just don't know what type of man he really is to... I, I don't know. I'm, I'm confused on how they had this relationship or how this relationship formed. I think it's a whole nother level like type. So, you know, where you just meet somebody you click with and they're like, dang, I'm really similar to the or not particularly that you're similar, that you just conversation extremely easy with. Uh, I don't know. It, it, there's those rare moments when you do uh, meet those people where it's in, it's in another level of uh easiness of talking with uh, it's not that you're not easy to talk to others it's just that it'd be even easier and i think that's what he has had established with tom brady and uh and antonio brown i think he can even talk on that whole uh, i'm elite status or uh because i'm pretty sure tom brady's extremely uh, b- uh confident in antonio Br- brown's skill more skills than he probably thinks can actually He's seen. He knows there's more than he's seen. And he's loving that. He's licking his chops at that, of course. We know that. But I think there's another level to the the friendship they have. 
they probably really do have kept in contact all throughout this time. And, I mean, they and probably sorry, have. Kind of. And just to kind of say the, this last part, and Tom Brady's not a, a big big brother type of guy at all. No. And, yeah, they probably have kept in contact. I, I remember um, Antonio Brown, I think maybe a few months after the season or after getting released, he said Tom Brady told him to stay in shape, you know, be ready. And, you know, I, I guess he got his wish and they're back on the same team. And maybe this is what was planned the whole time. I definitely think this was supposed to be them joining back eventually. I think it was always a plan to still be together. I think there's nothing but a, like, seriously, I I think, uh, like Antonio Brown said, he doesn't want any other quarterback. He said it like he was uh, getting married. Like, nobody else needs to throw a ball to me. You know, <laughs> it's the old, old Tom Brady. This man said, I don't want another quarterback. And Tom Brady out here like, man, I don't want another receiver. Y'all, I can throw to y'all sometimes, but I want to throw to this guy. <laughs> um, maybe there was a lot of not? conversations. Yeah, yeah. But maybe there was a lot of conversations <laughs> in between them playing whenever uh, the Steelers and Patriots played that we just didn't know what was going on. I'll have to look back at some of the. I don't even think know, they had a the relationship like that beforehand. Okay. I, I really still, don't think they had a relationship like that. I think it was a situation where he became available. Tom Brady was like, yo, we, we just don't have enough. I got what, uh, not Wes Welker, but uh, Julia Edelman. Edelman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I got Julia Edelman out here. What is that? I'm sorry. He, he he's, he's putting up stats, but that's that's my best tool out here. So, yo, I want, I want you my way. And then out of nowhere, that conversation grew into probably like a five-hour conversation. Hey, you know what? You got to come see me. You know what? I go to those places. Oh, I do those things. I have kids also. Out of nowhere, he's at, he, he's at his house, and he's not just at his house. And, of course, he has enough money to go to a hotel. He doesn't have a little bit of money. Even somebody of a minimum means could get a hotel. He is living at his house just to stress to stress that and what's going to continue to uh, throughout the rest of the season if the Patriots didn't drop him. Yeah, Tom Brady was that excited to get him. He said, you can stay at my house. You don't even have to buy anything. I got the food. I got the place. Just show up. Um, but we will move it along to the New England Patriots who were defeated by the San Francisco 49ers 33-6. to which is the worst home loss under the Bill Belichick era. Cam Newton threw for 98 yards and a terrible three interceptions and was, was replaced by Jared Stidham near the end of the game. And the Patriots have now fallen to two and four in the season and have the Buffalo Bills coming up. So with the way the season has turned out so far with the New England Patriots, will they win the division? The Patriots? Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Now, you did yeah. say they were going to win it now. You, you're right. The you're, season. right. you're right. I am sticking to that. But, it, you know, it's definitely camera bus. It's all camera bus. And they already over here trying to bench him. So, good God, that goes out the window if they bench Cam just due to bad play. Because I think he, I think he's still recovering. I really, really think he's still recovering. He's pushed himself to... Uh, to 
play. And I'm talking about COVID. I'm not talking about any pre-injury that kept him out of these other seasons. I'm just talking about COVID, which he caught only, what, two weeks ago. So, and then it's kind of a rush to do things. When he is a vegan, he, he's vegan. You're, you're losing a lot of vitamins. He's not eating meat. It's, it's certain things that he's just not doing that might not replenish it as fast as it is for somebody who does eat those type of things. And nothing, no, no shade to what he has chosen to because I think that's a clean life. But for a football player, I don't think that builds for a quick recovery. Yeah, um, as I did say at the beginning of the season, I didn't think the Patriots would win the division, but I thought they had a chance of making the playoffs. But with this play, I mean, they're going to be top five for the draft next season because that game was just pathetic. It was completely unwatchable. Um, the 49ers were just doing everything they, everything that they wanted at any time. Um, but Jimmy Garoppolo, he still was mediocre because um, he threw two interceptions. But, I mean, it was just pathetic. Uh, and I'm going to say, yeah, they, they're not going to win the division. Um, I say they can still possibly win seven or eight games, but I don't think that's going to be enough to win the division. Um, but they're going to have to turn it, around, turn it around really quickly. And I think they have to win this next game to be taken seriously. If not, then it's over because you'll fall I, behind four, three or four games behind the Buffalo Bills. I agree. I, I definitely agree uh, with that. They do have to win this next game to be taken serious. I don't know whether you've committed any time to the Cowboys today. Just I'm going to ask that. Have you? Yeah, 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 definitely. Okay, okay. Well, just to kind of quickly say, the Patriots just are not as bad as the Cowboys because we thought. Okay, okay. We'll no, get to no, it. no, no, because uh, yeah, I'll leave it just there and give you a taster. But you can go ahead and progress with that question if you wanted to have any more comments. Okay, so are the Patriots missing Tom Brady? No, I still don't think that's true. I think uh, Bill Belichick would have still felt like he had nothing. I think he would have. I do think that way. I think he thinks that way. No matter what he would have been doing throughout, if they had the same record and everything, I think he still would have felt like he just didn't have anything. It, it is what it is. I, I, don't, I think he is past that moment. Of course, mentally, because they want to prove that one doesn't need the other, on top of the fact that I think he's ready to move on. They, they've, they've definitely sh- shown plenty of the time they were ready to move on from players way before any other team would. Yeah, that's true. But um, I'm going to say, yes, they are missing Tom Brady because he has been so consistent. He's only missed really just one season where he tore his ACL. But other than that, He's played in almost every single game, except for that dumb suspension. Um, so I say, oh, yeah, the they, they really are missing him. Yeah, that was ridiculous. That whole, okay. that whole mess, ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't I mean, agree it, that it is one, ridiculous. But, okay. <laughs> but um, like I was saying, I say yes, they are missing Tom Brady because he has that continuity with the organization, and he would be able to at least have some consistent quarterback play, even though the weapons are trash. Um, Julian Edelman is just declining every single game, and then there's almost nothing outside of that. So um, 
I think he would have offered them some relief, but nothing to take them over the top. They probably might have still been able to win the division, but it, it's it's looking pretty bad out there. I, I know who they're missing. Who's that? The video coordinator. Um, I mean, he's probably out there right now trying to get, get something from the Bills. <laughs> yeah, I don't know whether he was going to catch that drift, but you know how they, uh, you know what it's been happening lately. They got caught uh, filming some sidelines. And that film director, you know, he more than likely does not play for the or work for the Patriots anymore. But and I wouldn't say it's directly him. I was just cracking jokes. But uh, that's who they really miss getting a little head up on what's coming. Yeah, I mean, go ahead and do it, because this is this looks pathetic that this is yeah, what, what else? What you going to spend us for the rest of the, the second season? So <laughs> it's whatever. Yes, yeah, they're, they're terrible. Um so I'll go ahead and ask, who looks worse right now, the Patriots or the Cowboys? Oh, so you were going to go direct on it. Okay. Uh, I would definitely say the Cowboys. Bruh. 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 You, did you see this mess they are putting out on the field? Bruh, it is ridiculous yeah. when it comes to the Cowboys. Like, it is shameful. I, didn't, I definitely thought there's no way that they could have a carryover of – the worst possible football from the last game in that last part. You know how you go to practice, they, they really get on you. you you're like, I want to prove my own manhood also. I, I'm not this bad. We're, we're going we're gonna to put our heads down and we're going to work. None of that happened. Boy, it is over in Dallas, bro. They have given up on the coaches and they just started. There is no way. I know this man is on a, I think, I'm pretty sure a five-year deal. There's no way they keep this man. If, th- if they have any part of what they've just done in the rest of the season, it is over. You got to fire this man off for one year. Have to. Because the, res- the locker room is not responding. The team is not responding. And I think the only thing they were responding to was Dak. So they're in extreme trouble. Are they in trouble? I mean, because... They are basically tied for first place. <laughs> yeah, they can still the, the easily shameful, win this division. The shameful NFC East. Yeah, I guess they're in trouble for the future, but not currently. Um, because they can still easily win this division. Um, they are, I think, two and five. And everybody else has two wins except the Giants. So they can still easily win this division. I'm going to say it's the Patriots. Because when you look at the Patriots, they have high expectations. Everybody expects them to make the playoffs at the least. And people were still kind of saying that before the season started. But just looking at how pathetic they look, I mean, they just could not do anything. The offense could barely move the ball. I don't even know if they got to midfield. And it was just turnover turnover after turnover um, that it, it was unwatchable. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys, the fans, they always have high expectations and they always think it's their year, but that's always delusional thinking. The Patriots always have realistic expectations. And this has just been the bottom of the barrel. Uh, What did you say? I I said which is the win. uh, Now, that last comment, uh, I think that's all perspective because – those friend fan bases both have the same expectations, just one comes through and one doesn't. 
So yeah, it's delusional. Yeah, it, it, it is delusional. It's not based on much, but just to kind of go backwards on even in your other comments. Nah, I'm definitely not saying it's the Patriots. The uh, because who was if not the top or the second ranked team going into the league? Uh, sorry, going into the season, who had the most talent on their uh, on their team? Was it not the Cowboys? If not the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it was it was one of those two. Because I I wouldn't fully say that's it, on the offense. True, but but these men are horrible. Like I must stress how horrible because I actually watched the game. And these men, they really carried over some of the worst football I've ever seen. These men, I, 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 I see it. They don't want to get on the field. They don't want it to be their turn. They don't want it to be t- their turn when it's the defense, and they don't want it to be their turn when it's the offense. It's like, dang, what else is about to go wrong? Seriously, that is literally little looks on their face, and stuff does go wrong almost each time. It is, it is shameful. I agree. The Patriots literally look like a mirror of the Cowboys, but the Cowboys just been that consistent over these, what, six games, five games of that bad. And expectations were out the roof. And trust me, almost everybody bought into a minimum having a average type of season. They're still going to end up with an average season just because their division that horrible, but they should have easily been able to win this division without being very good, just moderately good. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, the Eagles are their biggest competition. And, I mean, they're just full of injuries. But somehow it seems like they are kind of overcoming it. Um, but I, I just say that... Kinda... Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I'll say that the Cowboys fans, they're just delusional. And they always think it's their year. But the Patriots, they've always had expectations. And this has just been one of the worst years ever for the team. Um I just can't remember a year where they just look so bad. <laughs> and they over here talking about it's Jason Garrett. They, they've ran out of people to blame. They really have. Like I know he, it's the he's the players. Like, he's not really. It's not. It's not that Jason Garrett isn't doing bad over there with uh, the Giants. Nobody even really says anything about him. Like it's like he disappeared into the no- nothingness. Like he isn't a head coach for a whole another team in the same division. But. Uh, he's not a head coach. Oh, sorry. He's a uh, backup. But either way, he's on a team, and nobody really t- talks about it uh, that much when it comes to this because the, the divisions are just that ho- horrible. But what I don't even know my quick point on them, but I'm going to do a quick round robin on these the things that kind of happened this past NFL uh, week. <clears throat> the the Falcons, they've really they found new ways to lose. Like it was ridiculous. <laughs> on how these uh, men lose. You're probably not. Are you getting into that also? I just want to make sure before. Not I really. Okay. So no, they, they found, at, like, we have been coming back absolutely every week saying how they've found another way to loss, to lose. And we literally, like, I sat there probably with all the other people who've noticed or watched the game and was like, dang, how are they going to lose this game? The announcers are like, how are they going to lose this game? They are confidently doing well. This man, uh, Gore, tried to stop from scoring just so they couldn't give the ball back to the other team with less than a minute and something less, which should have under any other circumstances, who does not want to score? It was that bad just because he scored and it's not his fault. He did what he was supposed to do. These men gave up a touchdown to lose within regulation, which was ridiculous. They're coming up with extreme ways to lose. I, I, I can't, 
calculate what in the hell what's going on with them. They are absolutely cursed. Uh, I'm trying to think of what other surprising things have ha- happened this past uh, NFL. Uh, maybe Baker he, they won, but that's that doesn't prove anything. Uh, oh, the no. Steelers! I have to put some respect on the Steelers' name. They are the only undefeated team left, and nobody don't speak enough about that. I was on complete doubt, complete doubt about Ben Roethlisberger, and I did not think at all that they can compete within this division, even though the Browns were still going to be the Browns. But it looks like shoot, their record's better than Baltimore right now. So I have to put some respect on the Steelers' name just to do a quick round robin. Yeah, put some respect on Big Ben's name, but I don't think he can put the deep ball that – well, he can't throw the deep ball as well anymore um, because he he had one of his worst games over this past weekend. But um, I think that they go up against the, the Baltimore Ravens this upcoming Sunday, so um, that'll be an interesting matchup, and we'll kind of see – who will have the lead going on from there. And just to comment on the Falcons, yeah, they just come up with new ways to lose by scoring. (laughs) I mean, nobody would ever think that you could lose by scoring. Um, And I I think they did tell Todd Gurley to come up short, like, you know, don't score, let's run out the time, and then, you know, we'll kick a field goal. But, you know, field goals aren't always automatic, but they are very close. And it was just so laughable how he fell. It's like he was just trying to stop himself from going in, but he still ended up crossing the goal line just barely. It's like that um, that saying, can you hear a tree in the woods if it fell and nobody was there? He looked like one of those trees just fell over out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> On the side. Yeah, like he was, he was trying to fight through a tackle, and I guess his momentum carried him forward, and he was just trying to stop himself, but it was just too late. But, you know, the Falcons, they're just a pitiful franchise right now. And I think they're going to make a lot of offseason moves um, coming up here. But to get back to the Cowboys, um, who should the Cowboys blame for the way the season has unfolded so far? It's only one person to blame. Jerry Jones. Yeah. <laughs> he, he made his bed. Bruh made his bed a long time ago. I mean, a long time ago. I'm talking about late 90s. Right after, and you know how he made his bed? By not giving Jimmy Johnson his money. Back when he wanted to have control, he wanted to be the face of the, of the team. He's gotten everything he's asked for but another Super Bowl. He's, he sold one thing for the other. And I think that karma has continued on. He's had, he's had good coaches. He had... Um, uh, Bill, what starts with a P? Bill Plasky? Parcells. Parcells, Parcells. No, sorry, Parcells. He had Bill Parcells. He's had, I wouldn't say Jason Garrett fits in that uh, mode either, but he wasn't that horrible. He, I think that was more about the things he was given, uh, but it, it is what it is. It's him. It's all him. He's making the decisions. He's making these choices. We see you on your yacht. You're choosing these players. This was the, supposed to be the most talented team. You're putting out the most money, and it's shameful. It is absolutely shameful. Y'all just lucky. Y'all, y'all actually should be lucky that y'all don't have fans in that spectacular stadium because the booze would be spectacular also. <laughs> they can add that into the crowd noise, the artificial crowd noise. But 
I would say, yes, it's Jerry Jones. It's all his fault um, because he constantly oversteps the coach and he has set this culture. And we have this new coach coming in who doesn't have too much credibility. I mean, he did win one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, but that is Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers is still one of the best quarterbacks ever. And uh, McCarthy, he's he, I think he's just stuck in the middle. Now, he's not the greatest coach, but um, Jerry Jones just continually oversteps his head coaches and the players can go up to Jerry Jones and have things changed. And I think the culture that he has set, um, this is, this is why they got this result. I think so. I, I'm sorry. I did not give McCarthy his just due to on blame because this man deserves blame. Also, he definitely deserves blame because I'm telling you, they, they are not going to respond to him. It is done. This man wants to go into retirement. He he wished he went to retirement. The the dislike on his face is it's a whole nother level of it. And he's not gonna be able to fix it. He is not the person who they think they hired. And if you don't know the history on how he got hired, he went for a sleepover to Jerry Jones' house and then was signed the next day. This is real life. I'm not even joking. <laughs> but so like I'm joking, but for real, he went to a sleepover at Jerry Jones' house and then was signed the next day as the head coach. I am not kidding, <laughs> but but on that part. But uh yeah, he, he is the blame. I'm telling you, he is not the person for the job, and you're going to see new levels of disrespect for a coach. I really do. I think it is clear that they don't respect him. They are, it's clear that they don't even care to listen to him. You know, that overly disrespect that I don't even – I'm not even ignoring you or I'm not even not showing that I have a full attitude with you. I'm going to make it as difficult as possible anytime you ask for something type of uh, and, and then you to have a full group of people acting that way is very disheartening. And I think that is what it is. a locker room, And it only gets more and more sour as they lose and lose more. And then you throw out plays that set players up for not being successful. So he needs his blame. Also, he needs his share of that blame cake, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody takes part in this because they're on the team. But I think the players should definitely take a, a huge slice of this blame cake and just not going out there and playing. I mean, there's no way you should lose that badly to the Washington football team with their second or third string quarterback, their mm -hmm. second running back. And I mean, that, that was just pathetic. Hey, my, I told you my little theme is coming through. You remember I said this is the odd year that the Washington football team is going to win. And, uh, yeah. It's they only won two games. <laughs> is it not better than other teams? Um, no, the, the, the Eagles are yeah, he fought the back. right now. He, he fought back, but I still think the Eagles aren't. I think they're in trouble. I think they're still in a flex on whether they are going to try to get rid of Wentz at the end of this year. I, I think they don't. There's nothing. Nothing's really decided with them. There's not no definitive things there. They they had a good win. Don't get we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves at all. Yeah, but these teams are gonna beat up on each other, and I can't wait to see what the final record is of the winner of this of this division. They're um, gonna fall over each other. That's what's gonna happen. It's gonna be just horrible, <laughs> horrible. Like I I I want y'all to really watch, like, cause I think they're really about to keep continuing this. Like, I've never seen such a disheartening set of group of people who are being paid millions. Like for real. 
I've never seen something like what is going on with with that particular team. Like, because if you watch the game, they have their heads down when they come on the on the uh onto the field. They, I, 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 it looks like they're not confident in the play that is being called. Then it ends badly, which looks even more horrible. They don't have effort. Of course, I, I actually don't give as much blame to the players. I think it is the organization. It is Jerry Jones, and it is Mike McCarthy, along with his assistants. He had gains no respect. He does not command any respect, and he will be gone at the end of this year. You know, you sound like a closet Cowboys fan, but... Um, oh, oh no, I no, think... no! I actually no, because I'm actually reveling in the the horribleness. Like it literally is comical to me. Like I seriously was sitting. That the only entertainment I got in that game by watching it, because anybody else would like turn it off because it's horrible. But uh, I was watching it because it was just that bad of what they were doing. So it was interesting to see how bad they were going to be. It was kind of just like how seeing how bad the or how the Atlanta. Falcons were going to mess it up, and then they actually do it. Then it's like, oh my God, they really did it. We were all watching for this, and y'all really did it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of bad teams out there, but um, we'll move on to Odell Beckham Jr. and how he will miss the rest of the season due to a torn ACL. The Browns were able to pull off the victory, even without Odell Beckham Jr. over the Bengals with a 37-34 to victory. So, is Odell Beckham Jr. done in Cleveland? Oh, yes. He should have been gone, bro. They are a curse. He should have been gone. Like, he is going... I don't think this man going to want to ever go back to Cleveland, Ohio in his life. I don't think he will. Unless Ron decides to go back there, he want to go to a game or something like that, or some phenom ends up in Cleveland. I don't think this man's going to... The whole situation has been a curse on his career. He has went down in all stats. He, he's drop, it's dropping him out of uh, all-time rankings. He's, he's getting, what, maybe five targets to him in a game, in, in a, an entire game, and he is a number one receiver. He is undoubtedly within the top five of top receivers, and, you know, that's going to be up for uh, debate after he has an ACL tear. That's not something easy to come back for from. So the whole situation has been a curse. He has not had a good quarterback. He has not uh, proven himself to get the ball to him or even try to get it to him. If you're going only targeting him five times, maybe you force it to him and even maybe see whether he can make some uh, plays for you. But it's just the whole situation, the whole ride there, the whole thing will be bad. He will sell his house. He will be gone. And the Cleveland Browns will trade him as somebody will pick him up and he should have already been gone. Yeah, I agree. He definitely needs to leave so he can resurrect his career and try to bounce back um, because it does look like he does have a lot of baggage um, starting back when he was on the, uh, the New York Giants, you know, with the whole kicking that thing and how he acted on the sideline and how emotional he was. Um, I think Odell has matured uh, a good bit since then, but um, he just has not been able to overcome all the, well, some of the bad stuff because he has not been been able to get the ball to him. Um, Baker Mayfield, he is an up and down quarterback. Sometimes he can play great just like he did 
um, over this past Sunday near the end of the game. And then other times he looks like a huge bust. And um, I'm not sure what his future is in Cleveland. I'm talking about Baker Mayfield, but um, Odell just has to get out of there. He needs to get with a veteran quarterback that really knows what he's doing. And um, I just hope that he can come back even stronger and better. Yeah, I think there's plenty of homes for him. There are plenty of homes for him where he could get the targets. Like, I think he just needs to be throwing the ball. Like, that's bad when you can't even get an attempt. You can't, you can't get, really get in the game. You're in the game, but you can't really get in the game. Uh, so you can't affect the game. He, he can, they're throwing screen. They're, not, they're doing screens for him or they're doing uh, reverses. You better get him hurt, as they did just now. They didn't particularly get him hurt this time, but I wouldn't fully put that on fault of the coaches or the organization for this, but they they were putting him in positions to get hurt, and they were also not putting him in positions to, to succeed. So the whole thing's been a curse on his whole career. Uh, and there's plenty of homes, as we see. Baltimore wants you. Uh, the Texans want you. There's plenty of quarterbacks out here who want a number one receiver. Just ask what happened to the Cardinals once they got somebody who's a, a number one receiver. So, like, Des Bryant got signed to the Baltimore Ravens. There are homes for him once he does recover. Yeah, definitely. And I can see, yeah, the, the Ravens, I think that would probably be the perfect place because they don't have the greatest receivers. I mean, even Des Bryant, that's really reaching – um, this guy hasn't played in years, and he tore his Achilles the last time we saw him. So don't expect him to be a huge factor. Uh, I agree. So <laughs> can Odell Beckham come back from this injury playing at a high level? Yes. Yes. Because I do think he's in that possible football phenom level because – there's, there's, a, there's a whole nother level to Phenom, and there's, there's a little bit of a tier right below it. And I think Antonio Brown, uh, Odell Beckham, and a, a few other quarterbacks fit in that, into that threshold. The, the Phenom Phenoms is the, the Vicks, the, uh, even when it comes to quarterbacks like Dan Marino, just people who can really uh, do the job very well. But overall, I think that he fits in a tier right below the, the full phenom. So, yes, uh, he can come back and come back healthy on top of that. I don't, I don't think it, it's going to be a, a large recovery. It's going to be too bad for him. I, I just don't think so because I've actually recovered from an ACL injury, and I did that when in six months and was starting for the number one ranked football team in, the nation for, in, fo- in high school. So, yeah, I, I think he can do it. I think he's been conditioned enough to be able to do it. Yeah, I agree. He can definitely come back even stronger. And, you know, I also did tear my ACL and come back from it. But, um, yeah, I I think Odell, he just needs to get to another team so he can take full advantage of this. Because if you still end up on the Browns, then you're going to be in the same situation. They're going to put you in places that uh, makes you vulnerable to get hurt. And you won't receive enough targets to get enough shine because at least you can get that even even when you're not winning um, because he's just had a bad mixture of not winning and not getting any targets. I, I completely agree. I just completely agree. It's all been a curse. It's it, like I did. 
I really didn't want it to end something like this, but it, it, the whole story looks like that. It's no good. I, I can't find a single good point for Odell Beckham's history with the Cleveland Browns, but he has made the best of it and has not been the the powder or problem causer that he knows he can be. He's probably gotten good advice to shut it, shut up and not let the media demonize him. Yeah, I agree. I think he's matured a lot. Um, and initially, whenever he came into the league, I didn't really like him that much. Maybe him playing on the Giants played into that. But um, I think he's matured a lot. But we'll move along to the NBA. So the NBA season just ended with the Los Angeles Lakers winning the NBA championship. And there have now been talks of the season being restarted in December. And Danny Green, a player from the Los Angeles Lakers, has also come out and said that veterans would not play if they restart in December. So with so much uncertainty, what time is the right time to restart the NBA season? Um, January 1st. January, like, well, I wouldn't say, well, yeah, January 1st. That's, that, that's a cool time. January 1st is simply what it is because they just ended. Like, that was, like, maybe two weeks ago. Maybe. So, and this is late October. December is really, really, really right around the corner. It's like a blink away. It's blink away. That's it. These players have been in a bubble for three months. Isolated. Not away from their families. No vacations. Like, so I, I can't see them fully starting. Like, they're saying on Christmas Day or right after Christmas Day. Because they're really even funny about that because they're saying there's not going to be Christmas games to this year, but also saying they're going to start in December. So that's so at a threshold of, what, six days between Christmas and New Year's? So I think that they are going to be forcing away, especially after the consensus of who will actually play, that they're going to have to wait until January to get what they want. They need ratings, and you know they're going to put the Lakers on for the debut game. Yeah, I agree. They need to really push this back. Um, I say mid-January, maybe not January 1st, because um, even before you start the season, you still have to have the training camps and you know practices so you can start getting ready for the season. So let's say that they try to go through with um, a, a restart in December. They have to really start training in maybe a couple of weeks because you can't just show up to play and then, bam, we start in the season. So they really need to push this back. And I also heard that they're not going to do the All-Star game um, because I mean, you're not going to get much money. Why do you say that? Because that's one of the biggest draws, at least uh, television-wise. Because, I, like, so does the, how does that affect players' like stats and career stats? Like how many selections you made, or how many like that that affects people's history on you know how this this is a stats game. Yeah, I mean, I guess it affects those younger players than the older players um, for the most part because you might miss out on a great year and not get selected or you could have been selected this upcoming year and then don't get selected the next year. Um, at least that's the way I see it. Uh, yeah, I guess it's going to be an honorary trophy. You made it this year. You've been voted in. Here's your certificate. But um, 
I, yes, I agree. It has to be pushed back and factoring a whole lot of things because the NBA draft hasn't happened yet. So, you, so when is the NBA draft supposed to happen? And then you start a season the next month? You don't even know what team you're on. You don't know where you live in. And you're literally going to start the season the next month? Not, not a full month, like within weeks. Oh, you got selected. Be here in a week. Oh, we're starting in two weeks for real games. Like, it, yeah. it's, it's unrealistic. I, I, and I'm pretty sure the NBA draft is not like this week or next week. And this week ends the month of October. So you're telling me you're going to do the draft in November and start sometime in December? It literally makes no logistics. Make, it doesn't make sense. There, there would be no reason for LeBron, like Danny Green's uh, point, I do agree. There would be no point for him to play. Why? It's the beginning of the season on top of the fact that you're going to have to shorten the season anyway. We're gonna, these are going to be back-to-back shortened seasons. It, it has to be. Unless y'all want to do a whole different rhythm about basketball, but then you throw that into scheduling for Olympic uh, tryouts and Olympic uh, final. So in order to not mess up their thing, they need to, they're probably going to start mid-January, like January 15th, uh, comfortable enough that they made it out of the holidays and you got two more weeks. These players are probably going to go to, uh, to um, holiday practices, but it's just too much to ask for these players to do after they've been inside the bubble. Okay, of course, it's going to be all cool for these players who didn't even make it to the bubble or was out of there pr- pretty early a whole, a whole two, three months ago. But this is just not fair for any other player who was actually in the bubble or anybody, anybody. The, the players coming into the league, the, the veteran players, it, it only benefits those young players who got to sit around for many months. Yeah, and I didn't think about that aspect, but I say, yeah, the the um, the younger players, they can really benefit and maybe even get a jump on some of those veteran players that maybe sit out or, you know, they, they need some some uh, some breasts for their old bones. <laughs> so, yeah, it is what I it say. is. It is what it is. Old bones is old bones. Yeah. As, but, as with um, Scarter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man, that man. Over 40. You know, yeah, salute to him. <laughs> salute to him because this is it. That, that was it. He said I, I, the COVID killed my uh, career. Yeah, you know, just knock you right into retirement. But I, I say, yeah, they, they really have to push this back. And then um, I'll go ahead and ask the question. So why, why is the NBA trying to push for a restart in December? Because they normally start in uh, early October, like mid October, it's money. They losing money. Oh. They've been they've been losing money. They've been losing money since Daryl Morey. Just have it's, it's and that's before the COVID situation got serious, serious. Because at that time, I don't even think there was a worry that much about COVID. Uh, come last last year, because we're going into a whole another year, and we're talking about a summer that was a whole year and a half ago. I, as I think about it, I forget that that wasn't this summer, was it? That wasn't. That was summer. last summer. That was That's in crazy. 2019. That's crazy because I really thinking about it. Wow, that that was a year and a half ago. Daryl Morey did that, and for a year and a half they've been losing money, even with them having people being able to go into the games and all of that other stuff. They've been losing money ever since then. That whole market of China, 
which they have a they have it locked up. They whole government got it locked up on you actually getting that broadcast and getting those viewing dollars along with the sponsoring dollars that comes along with that. They've been losing money there. Then you throw in COVID, they're losing up. That's a whole nother half of the income, if not more than half the income. That's concessions, that's, that's uh, merchandise. That's, that's a large number of the income, which I know is going to actually decrease this inflating uh, salary that has been happening for, I think, a lot of these sports. But really going to uh, pin in on basketball because they're just not going to have the money that they they've projected to keep continuing to go higher on. They're going to have to adjust the, the books at some point here. Yeah, I agree. This is all about money. Um, they're trying to regain whatever they can and get these players out there because they have just lost so much money. Um, it's really going to be hard to see them be, being able to put money into the WNBA because the uh, NBA, you know, they support all of the WNBA's salaries um, because, I mean, they, they don't have much of a fan base or at least people don't show up to the games or watch them. So um, this is all about money. And I understand. But is it a really good business plan? Um, maybe. But it's <laughs> they're going to have to come up with something to recover at least half of this back. I don't think there is anything. <laughs> it, they're going to have to readjust the books. I think there will be a time in the history of sports where we thought it was always going to be ever-growing income and all of this thing. And then it's just going to be like, dang, we know this era when people was getting crazy amount of money. Because we know the era where these, these players were all-time greats but didn't get the money. And now they're still alive now, but they never got the money and as much as they got the popularity of the players who are now and, and get the money. So it doesn't even touch at all between each other, like Will Chamberlain. Will Chamberlain didn't get paid much at all compared to anybody even in the early 90s, late 80s. He just, it just doesn't compare. So I think we're going to have to, very soon within like maybe, I would say 10 years, because that's, that's very soon for sports. In 10 years, we may be looking back and like, hey, this was the era when they was making stupid money. It was always a new amount uh, because there were, publicity dollars there was a uh, franchising dollars and uh but overall i think that they're just in trouble they're they're going to push for the start but the players are going to get them to push back yeah um the players are going to push back but there will be no more money to give out um but i'll move along to daryl morey and how he has signed with the philadelphia 76ers as their new gm um sorry, I had the story. Um no, maybe not. Daryl Morey has now signed with the 76ers as their new GM. So with this new signing, how far can the 76ers go with Daryl Morey as their new GM and Doc Rivers as their new head coach? I honestly don't know what it does for now. I just know that uh, Philly, Philly, Philly ended up better than where they were. That's all I know. Uh, that's about all I can kind of deduct from this because they're using a lot of failing pieces and putting them together. If, if you kind of look over <laughs> the spectrum here, because the whole situation going on with Philly failed. 
where whatever way you want to look at it, all of that failed last year. Whether it be Embiid, whether it be uh, Simmons, him not shooting threes, all of it. That that just didn't work. And also, y'all getting rid and not signing Jimmy Butler versus uh, Harris, Tobias Harris. That was a, a, a horrible and egregious thing. And also not re-signing uh, your boy who went to um, Boston. What's his name? Al Horford. Al Horford. That, that was also a debacle. So... I see why they move. They move to have people, other people who have control, but it's still a failing thing. Then you have Doc Rivers, of course, epically failing with a three-one uh, loss that got him fired from a. Anybody thought going into this playoffs, going into that series was a undoubtedly locked down job for him. So another failing, failing piece, and of course Daryl Morey, the curse on the NBA, uh, gets another job quite quick. So it's it's a bunch of failing pieces. Hopefully it does come up good. I, I don't think they have all of the pieces they need right now, though. They need to do still a lot of work. Yeah, I agree. They definitely have a lot of work to do. They're just trying to put Humpty Dumpty back together because they're taking a lot of broken pieces and trying to make <laughs> something like good that. out of it. But <laughs> but it's, it's probably not going to work. I mean, I don't even know how this mix works with Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey. They kind of seem like total opposites. Um, I wonder who had the uh, a big say in, well, I mean, I yeah. guess the owner. What are hey, you going to say? Am I regulating, am I regulating uh, like, um, thinking back on this wrong? I know LeBron criticized Daryl Morey, but I think Doc Rivers Doc Rivers criticized Daryl Morey, didn't he? Uh, you mean about his comments? I, I, yeah, I him and him having uh, to watch his words and everybody kind of knows what they're supposed to actually try to say. And I think he criticized him on him needing to be punished also. But like you said, yeah, I agree. I don't know how this is going to work together. I don't think that works, but they do have separate jobs. And that's one reason why they didn't make Doc Rivers also the GM where he had that situation uh, with the Clippers where he was the head coach and GM. I don't know. Maybe the separation of jobs is completely different. You can't tell me what to do, but they do have to work together. So I don't know how that's going to work. Well, I mean, as a GM, you are running operations. So he gets the players for you. Um, but he should, I mean, Doc Rivers should have a say in who he gets, but he, maybe not yeah, total control. Gonna have. Yeah, because he's going to have, it has to be a work together. There is no... Oh, you don't tell me what to do, and you don't tell me what to do. Because if I, if we're doing that type of relationship when it comes to those two, because I don't, I don't know, I just don't, see, I see it possibly being that way. But if it is that way, that that's I'm get, taking these things that you're giving me that I'm not choosing, and I'm giving you results from something you're giving me. And if I mess it up, of course, I, this messes up my job also. So at some point, they're gonna have to work together. I, I'm not saying they can but i like you like i'm pretty sure you see it i don't see how it does work though it's not an easy thing no and i think they just have conflicting ideals as far as how they try to construct the team or try to um you know run their plays so i, I don't know how this mixes together um but we'll move along to where Daryl Morey just left with the rockets and they have now signed their new head coach, Stephen, I think, Salas. Yeah, he was an assistant for the Dallas Mavericks under Rick Carlisle. 
and this will be his first head coaching job. And they are looking to add a lot of veteran coaches around him to, I guess, kind of show him the way in a way. Um, but it looks like the Rockets plan on still having James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and um, that's what sold them on the job. So with this new hire, are the Rockets still title contenders? I think they're a mess. <laughs> what in the world is this? Like, that's not a type of hire that you put in. I don't even know this man's name, whether you pronounce it right or not. I, I don't know who he is. And I guess it's a time for new coaches and hope that out of nowhere they're going to get a championship. I guess they're trying to view that from the situation with Steve Kerr and uh, uh, I can think of any other coaches who just out of nowhere with first-time coaches and won. Oh, uh, Nick Nurse. Pat, Nick Nurse or Pat, Pat Riley, but those are all unique situa- situations, as we all know. Uh, Pat Riley uh, was controlling um, uh, dang it. what's his name? Was the head coach for the Miami? Oh, you mean um, what is his name? <laughs> <laughs> you just uh, Eric Spoelstra. Eric Spoelstra. Okay, Spolstra. sorry. You know he was controlling Eric Spoelstra to a way very uh, underling type of situation. So, and he had LeBron. It was already kind of unfair. So you can't really count that on him. He has not won another one otherwise. He's made it there, of course, just to, this year. Then you have the Steve Kerr, but that was a a magical situation for him. Uh, Mark Jackson had already did all the work for the team and made them mature, and he just came through like the fun uncle and got things to be free and fun and opposite from the preacher that Mark Jackson is, because he literally is a preacher. Uh, Wanted them to go to Sunday, uh, to church on Sundays, and that was an issue with the organization. Uh, But to kind of pull this all in, I don't get theme of new coaches who are unknown thinking that they're going to make us win a Super Bowl, sorry, not a Super Bowl, but win a championship with them. It just, it doesn't make sense for the time limit they have on these stars. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I guess it's similar to um, OKC whenever they hired Billy Donovan with Westbrook and Kevin Durant him coming from college and expecting to get a championship with them, which, I mean, they got kind of close, you know, just one game away from getting to the NBA finals, but, you know, they messed it up. Um, But I don't think this is completely the same situation. Um, I'm not sure where this guy has ever been ahead in college. So uh, this is all new. This kind of seems like a restart type of hire, but um, they say he's pretty offensive minded, but, we just have to wait and see. I honestly think that uh, Daryl, no, sorry, Dan Tony was an extreme mistake to give up his job. Because I think it was his. It never was not his job. He just wanted control in the situation. And now he's ended up with nothing because Doc Rivers took his job with Philly. And there's really no jobs out there. Uh, the announcer, uh, I can't remember his name right now, who had the brother. He he just got signed with the Pelicans as the head coach. And his brother, uh, uh, dang it. Yeah. Van Gundy? Yeah, Van Gundy. The Van Gundy's brothers both got ch- jobs in the NBA. 
I can't remember which of the other team that he uh the other one or did the other one get signed. I can't quite remember, but I know Van Gundy, he's uh the the bigger one, has gotten signed to the Pelicans. So there's no more jobs out here. So overall, I think D'Antoni's made a mistake. Rockets wish they still had him, also. And they're they are in a rebuild mode where they don't have rebuild players. It, it just doesn't make sense. And with this shortened, also to throw in the factor of the, the shortened time between actually getting the season, what trades are actually going to be made? How you, how you, it's literally going to be like, I got traded and two weeks later, I'm about to start a whole nother season with another player or another team. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like trading uh, midway through the season. Um, I guess, but yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about this guy. I mean, I just hope for the best and hope they can really make some noise with this new hire, but Mike D and Tony, he might as well go ahead and go for a broadcasting job or go ahead and retire because I guess he kind of, (laughs) nobody wants to hire him right now. Um, I'm not, I don't think there are any other jobs out there that's left. So either like he's, He's just going to have to sit out for, for right now. Um, I, I think these teams are just trying to move on and they're tired of the same cycle of coaches. Um, but we'll move it along to baseball with the L.A. Dodgers uh, winning. What are you going to say? No, go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll move it along to baseball with the L.A. Dodgers winning the World Series. In game six. And we also have Justin Turner, who is a player from the L.A. Dodgers. He violated coronavirus protocols when he celebrated on the field with his teammates and he refused instructions from security to leave the field. Behavior that the Major League Baseball said risked the safety of others. The commission, the commissioner's office said Wednesday that it was starting a full investigation of Justin Turner. The Dodgers won their first World Series championship since 1988 with a 3-1 victory over the Tampa Bay Rays in Game 6. And Turner was pulled from the game following the seventh inning after Major League Baseball was notified that he had tested positive for COVID-19. He was quarantined in a doctor's office, Dodgers president's... Yeah. He was quarantined in a doctor's office and Turner later returned to the field wearing a mask to celebrate the Dodgers title. He then took it down as they posed for a team photo on the field. So just looking from Justin Turner's perspective, was it okay to run on the field and celebrate? You would make it uh, start off with uh, uh, from his perspective. Controversy. Yeah, no, you started. I wouldn't even say controversy. You're saying from his perspective because it's different from my perspective. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, would, I would just say, of course, I actually I'll begin with congratulating the Dodgers because they are my favorite team. As I said the last time, I don't publicize as much, but I do wear my Dodgers hat uh, quite a lot. And trust me, I was extremely excited about them winning. All my my teams are turning up good uh, as the Lakers and LeBron won and the Dodgers, but. So that, to get that out of the way, boy was wilding though. He, from my perspective, he was wilding out. Did you see the videos of this stuff? Like the the game was not the interesting part. 
of course, it could have been interesting if you are into baseball and you know they pulled a, a player who they never should have pulled before a, a certain point, uh, the pitcher, and could have won them the series because he was doing so well. Eh, we're not going to go that route. We're going to go the route that everybody else is going to go with because this man was wilding out. He, he got pulled in the middle of a game saying that he is tested positive for COVID. We all know he had to have had COVID before he got pulled right then. So we're already at a point where there's multiple people around him that could have COVID simply also accidentally doing it before he knows he has it. Now we go into the knowing uh, part. This man, of course, they won the, the World Series because that's why I said my perspective is different from his perspective because under his perspective, when other time is he ever going to be able to make, make this up? So I already know that perspective. But from every, absolutely everybody else's perspective, other than the people who were actually on the field with him also, which is ridiculous, they knew he got tested for, uh, for COVID. Knew it. All before the game, all before the celebration. This, he literally had players eating, eating, and dabbing him up and hugging him after testing for COVID. After. Taking down the mask and everything. Dapping them up and everything. There's clear video. There is no investigation that needs to happen. It is all on video. It's literally right in front of us. And also, and this man looked like he did look sick. He his pupils was on a whole nother level. Because if I didn't know he had COVID, it looked like he was on coke. <laughs> because this man was dying. <laughs> For real though. I want y'all to look at this video. And then when he takes the picture with the rest of the full team and pulls down the mask, knowing he has COVID, and then and also, on top of that, he holds the trophy and he kisses his wife all on camera. This is after we know he has COVID. It is ridiculous. It is funny. It's a mess in a way, but he definitely has endangered a lot of people. And these other people seem to not care either, knowing he had it. Yeah, I'm going to say from his perspective, I guess he's never won a championship before and he's just wanting, I mean, he's just acting like you know, this is this is it. I don't care what's, what happens next. I'm going to celebrate. Um, y'all can't tell me nothing. And I don't care what's going on in the outside world. And I'm pretty sure the other players, they didn't really care. Um, they know how serious the situation is, but it's not really uncommon. A lot of people don't care. They are just breaking protocols all over the place. And I... Shame on those other people who are pointing a finger because they're doing the same thing. Um, there's plenty of people out there still not wearing masks or taking precautions. But um, from his perspective, I can see why he did it because it's just his first time. But you are endangering other people and he just needs to be more aware of that. And I, I guess within maybe a day or so, we'll see that everybody on that field will test positive for the virus. And yeah, he could possibly, yeah. he, he could possibly um, really pass, well, in kind of like in a domino effect, somebody, well, he, he's the first person, he passes it on to somebody else who passes it on to another vulnerable family member, and that family member ends up in critical condition. So there's, he, he should have thought about more than himself. But I was thinking about it because I I was like, this man is a hub for COVID. We th this is not a maybe. This ain't a 
oh, you've had symptoms, you might have it, so you should quarantine, but you don't really know. No, you know for sure. Everybody knew for sure. And they they did not seem to care, as you said. Like, like they knew. There's not a not knowing. This There were teammates literally eating, eating food with the same food in their hands, dap him up and pull him in like a, you know, bro hug with COVID, <laughs> with his mask off. This is a great, like, I, I don't even get, like, you didn't even, like, I, 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 I can't even fathom, I can't get the words out on the craziness and how much of a hub he is for the disease. Because I thought about into the other things. Because you know how this spreads, one person to the other, just like you said. So it's, it's championship night. Aren't most of these players having sex? <laughs> so now you direct contact as close as you can get to a, another female. Now she goes to work or she's around her kids or around other people. It, it, it's, it's crazy how this is going to be a direct knowing of negligence and it's going to per it's going to go all the way out and you can literally track it other than, you know, how they have that app now uh, for uh, tracking people with COVID. Yeah, it's just straight negligence, and he should have thought more about what he was doing, at least before the game and after. I mean, you can go and celebrate up there, I guess, but, you know, have your mask on, but don't make it so blatant that you're just passing this junk around. Um, You can still celebrate, but, I mean, just don't pass it around like you just don't care. The the thing I say he should have done, you got to take the L. You're getting a championship. You got to take the L. He should have been up in the press box, up there, nobody else in the room, and just kind of jumping from the window, being hype. It's not like it was a crowd there. Like, you... They're going to get fined out the ass. They are going to get fined out there. And I I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to really say because... It is, there is a whole nother wave that's coming, and it's, it's here with COVID. And at this point, like before people were worried, people just not even worried. It's really like, I'm going to get it if I'm going to get it. Yeah. Um, people, they, <laughs> I don't know what their thought process or pro- it's, it's, thought it's a, process it's a is. It's a fatigue. It's a fatigue on worrying about something that you can't control. So eventually, uh, a coping mechanism is not to worry about that thing, which then creates that lack, that that comfortability of environment because you can't control it anyway. So why am I worrying about it? That's what has happened, and this is like a large thing with everybody. They're just extremely fatigued, and that doesn't excuse them, but that's that's the true psychology behind it. Yeah, I guess they just want to break free from their shackles. But still, you need to be aware of your surroundings and what you're doing and be aware of the consequences that you may have, because there, there's going to be a penalty. I mean, I'm not sure how hard they're going to come down on them, but there should be a big fine or something. But we'll move it along to our last subject, which is about the UFC with Khabib. And Khabib, he finished off Justin... Gaith or something like that by submission <laughs> and announced his retirement at the same time. So looking back at the career of Khabib, was this the right way to end it? Uh, yeah. You know why? 
Buying dollars. Buying dollars. Dollars. The money. That's how you bring up the price. You say, I'm not available anymore. I'm not available anymore. You keep saying, I'm not available anymore. To that that pot gets big enough, and you're like, you know what? That pot looks a little interesting. I'm a little interested. It's already been proven true to be the right uh, formula to get that type of money because you've seen it with Mayweather. You've seen it with uh, um, even uh, uh, in UFC. Uh, who, who just Conor McGregor? Con- yeah, Conor McGregor. He's he's following the same th- theme. It's 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 not being available to the point where uh, people are interested interested enough because the name is popular and the paycheck grows enough to, to to the point you say you are interested enough, whether it's a slap or not. For example, of course, Mayweather versus uh, him, um, McGregor, because they they run on, they don't play they don't fight in the same sport. And we were all ready to look at it and give them their dollars. That's why Colin McGregor is still all set. Yeah, I agree. It definitely has to do with money. Um, once the right price is out there, then he will come back. Um, he's probably tired of fighting for these dollars that he currently has. And he's just going to wait for the right price to come around. Um, maybe he gets invited to boxing. And um, maybe there's somebody like Mayweather that can, you know, hype this fight up. Even if he loses, he'll still still he'll still gain a lot of money. Um, and I think he's just searching for the right price. Um, but I also think he's undefeated in his career, right? I think he is, but I'm really not sure. I think he is. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, he can also protect his undefeated career by doing this and sitting out and recovering and um, just waiting for the right price to be named. Yeah, or wait for a slap to come up, get this paycheck, and you're good. Or you go above your uh, hell. Uh, you're, you can't be above your status if you're going undefeated. But hey, maybe you can draw that ticket just like Mayweather. But I think that's really one of the only few tickets out there. There's not many boxing or um, martial arts like grabber attention grabbers out there left. Um, even for example. Mike Tyson being a attention grabber at the age he's at as a serious boxing match, you, it would be crazy amount of money in that. And he is not definitely in, you know, prime shape in any way. He, he, he's been getting there, of course, but he's still old. We, we got to accept that. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if Conor McGregor is still in retirement, but maybe if people ask for them to fight again, and then that will drop the price. Yeah, maybe that is it. Maybe that is the thing. Maybe that's the setup that they're trying to do. Yeah, um, but that's it for So You Think You Know Sports. We'll go into the trivia questions. Alex has three trivia questions that are multiple choice. I try to give you a little bit of commentary on it. Um, but you can go ahead and go with that first question, Alex. All right, so question one. Which famous NBA player won the league MVP in his rookie year? A, Wilt Chamberlain, B, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, or C, Karl Malone? Hmm. I mean, they're all great players. Uh, I'm not sure about Karl Malone, but I think it's either Wilt Chamberlain or Kareem. 
And, you know, Kareem was a great college basketball player and he received a lot of shine. So I kind of feel like it's him, but I'm not sure. But you can go ahead and ask that question one more time. All right. So question one, which famous NBA player won the league MVP in his rookie year? A, Wilt Chamberlain, B, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, or C, Carl Malone? And Carl Malone does have two MVPs, just to kind of let you know. Okay. Um, I feel like, Le- I mean, I'm about to say LeBron. Michael Jordan was pretty much dominating at the time. <laughs> so Carl uh, Malone didn't really have a chance to win one in his rookie season. So, I mean, I mean Will Chamberlain, I don't know he was doing very well, but not winning championships when he first started. Um, so I'm going to go with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as my final answer. Wrong answer. It's Dang. Will Chamberlain. This man is uh-huh. great. Yeah, Will Chamberlain, yeah, rookie year, okay. league MVP. And it was the year of 1959, uh, uh, the year of 1959 through 1960. It always kind of bridges between two years for these NBA seasons. But, yes, he is the uh, – he's not the only one, actually. There's two people who won the rookie of the year. Uh, the other person we're probably – you're not going to know the name of, but his name is Wes Unseld. And he won it his rookie year in the years of 1968 through 1969, that uh, NBA season. But question two, uh, unless you wanted to comment about that. I've... No, you can go ahead. <laughs> okay. All right. So question two, who has the longest drought in MLB history without a World Series trophy? A, the Mets, B, the Brewers, or C, the Indians? I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. Um, <laughs> but sorry. I feel like the New York Mets are like the New York Jets, you know, that that type of uh, they, they have that going for them. They're pretty much a, a franchise that doesn't really get that much shine um, because they're in the shadow of the Yankees and the Giants. So I feel like that's the answer, but I'm not really sure. But go ahead and ask that question one more time. All right. So wh- who, which team has the longest drought in MLB history without a World Series trophy? A, the Mets, B, the Brewers, or C, the Indians? Now, I could easily be wrong because I don't know a lot about baseball, but I'm going to go with the Mets. Incorrect. Sorry. It's the Indians. It's the Indians. Okay. So, so theirs has been very long. It's been 72 years between the last time they won a uh, World Series trophy since 1949. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, I just didn't know the, much about them. Of course. Of course. I'll just kind of throw some a little baseball in there because it's definitely not going to be that often. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but for the last <laughs> question... Uh, which NBA NFL team has had the most number one draft picks? A, the Indianapolis Colts, B, the Cleveland Browns, or C, the Buffalo Bills? You said the most number one draft picks, like overall number one? N- no. Uh, yes, yeah, sorry. Yes, correct. Sorry about that. Yes. Okay. <sighs> That's a hard one. Um... That's actually really hard. 
I don't know. <laughs> I know the Colts have had at least two with um, Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. And then what was the other two again? And you know, like just the number one would be any, they don't have to be the number one of the draft. They have to just be in the first picks. Oh, okay. I got it. Because the, the number one draft pick is dependent on your position. I mean, yeah. in, the, in the draft. Just to kind of give okay. you that, that uh, threshold. I, want, I didn't want to limit you. Okay. Um, but what were the other picks again? I'm sorry. Um, so I'll repeat the full question. So which yeah. in, NFL team has had the most number one draft picks? A, Indianapolis Colts, B, the Cleveland Browns, or C, the Buffalo Bills? Now, the easy answer would be the Cleveland Browns because, you know, they have been really bad. Um they did have a good player in Jim Brown for some time, but they have not had much of any success after that. Um, I think the Buffalo Bills, they had some success back in the 90s with, uh, I think, Jim Kelly. And the Colts, I feel like they haven't had too many number one picks um, since they've had success with Andrew Luck and um, Peyton Manning over the, the last 20 years. So I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns. They seem like the worst franchise. Dang, I set you up for failure today. That's, yeah, wrong. Ah, Sorry. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> it is going to be the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, they've yeah. had the most number one draft picks. And it said, because uh, I didn't know this offhand, but 43 of them have made the Pro Bowl. I guess they pick well. But they shouldn't be picking that many times. <laughs> well, it's a, it, you know, you can end up having two number one. Uh, well, actually, that's not a number one pick. That's your second pick. <laughs> but <laughs> that's a first round pick. But your number one pick is your number one pick, point blank. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, man, I did terrible. Um, but I'll try <laughs> to get it next time. Um, but that's it. for So you think, you know, sports. See you next week. All right. Um...